Hello guys and welcome back to Mommy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection episode 24. It's been a really good week. I've been getting up earlier into more of a routine, sorting my shizzle out, more organized, even a bit tidier guys. I know the limiting beliefs are being crushed. I am being tidier. I never thought I would say that. It's been a game changer, less arguing. Um, I've started to find things, I feel clearer. I don't know where it came from. Maybe a mixture of feedback and just being ready to make changes in my own life and ready to grow. I think I've just basically said to myself this month, I need to start listening more and being more empathetic towards people. And as a result, when you start listening to people more, they start listening to you. So I'll let you know how I go. A week and a bit of being tidier, less cluttered, less rouse, getting up earlier, more exercise so I'm losing weight, um, and just feeling focused. I mean, it's November now, November the 11th, and we were out at church this morning for Remembrance Sunday, and it really hit me how much we have to be thankful for and how much people are willing to sacrifice. It's been a really interesting week. I've met loads of great people. I've had loads of messages about mental health and people sharing, which is amazing. Snowflake society can piss off, all right? We need to judge less, love more, live more. Everyone should feel like there's a space for them to talk. No one should feel ashamed of their mental health. No one should feel ashamed if they find it hard to laugh and they struggle. No one should feel ashamed if they're on antidepressants. We just need to be able to talk and support each other and share, guys. So this week, I have Elaine Fleming from Ginger PR, talking all things being a mum boss, mental health, blogging. Um, oh, so we cover so many topics and it's completely raw and uncensored. It's what we like to do here. So welcome. Welcome and enjoy this chat. Elaine's an absolute legend. Great taste in music too. And yeah, I'm just delighted to have you here. Guys, please keep rating us. Just hit the star. You can do it every week. It just means more people will find us. And in a world that can be hard, my vision is to give out as many mojo injections as possible. So please hit that star so it comes up. This podcast is available across about 13 different platforms now, including Spotify. So it's really amazing how many people will be able to reach into it and will be able to really make a change, get people talking, inspire people um, to live the life they want. And Elaine certainly does that today. So it's a real honor. And can I just say this girl, damn, she makes a nice homemade raspberry jam. Elaine, thank you and welcome. Right, we're good to go, baby. Let's do this. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, great to have you here. Mm. And properly, I feel like I've already met you. I <laughs> do. So, you're kind of like, hi. But, Feelings oh, mutual. Yeah, it's like, we've never met, but yeah, we have figured out that we almost ended up on the same course, communications. Mm -hmm. We could have been like Bessie Mays we could have for been. like 20 years or something. Well, how many years ago was that? Two yeah, years ago. pretty much. Yeah, a long time, which wow. is scary to think about. Uh, it's, it's really scary. <laughs> I'm thinking of this kind of sliding doors moment, you know, had you, I decided to do a business management course last minute. It was like a sliding doors, like what would have happened had, you know, I know. Together? 
We've been together. We've been together. <laughs> together. Maybe I'd be like a joint PR company. Um, no, so you've always written blogs then for as long as you can remember. Yeah, I've always written blogs personally um, and also for work, but personally I find blogs are so easy to write for me because it's, ah, uh, for me, it's just a stream of consciousness really, isn't it? Yeah. For, well, that's how I find it. It's just a way of getting out what's in my head, kind of like organising my thoughts and then, okay, that's how I feel about that. This is how I want to carry out my next day or how I want to control my actions. Mm-hmm. It kind of just sets the tone. It's it's interesting. I mean, have you written all your life, would you say? or? Well, I've written all my life in that I've kept a, di- I kept a diary. <laughs> Me too. Share it in the book. Oh, Chapter yes. So I kept a diary probably from the age of about 14 mm-hmm. um, and I've still got most of them okay. um, and I would write most nights um, right through into my like, I think I was about 19 when I stopped. Okay. Um, Did you find you wrote more when you were unhappy or you were stressed or someone let you down? Um, well, my three main topics, because I would quite often would like write an agenda at the top <laughs> of love an agenda yeah you can be right um and i would also like write jokes to myself in them and i read back and i still laugh at them which oh. is so sad that's so cute you wrote yourself jokes to make you laugh yeah i'd write things as i was thinking them as i thought they were you know something as if you were talking to a girlfriend and you would say something funny uh-huh. i would just write that down in the diary i love that um so I'd, usually my topics were work uh-huh. slash uni work yeah you know kind of like what you should be doing mm-hmm diet slash losing weight mm-hmm. boys yeah those are my three main areas of concern and probably for the vast majority of women mm-hmm. men as well but um and if, yeah i mean the podcast we put live last week with get honed that was powerful um very open about guys the pressure to lose weight and to be a certain way and to conform mm-hmm. Guys probably have as much pressure as us women. Oh, definitely, but it's almost harder for them because you, you can't, sh- you don't show it, you don't have that outlet to mm-hmm. find support as readily. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, because when you write and you share, it definitely helps, doesn't it? Oh, totally, totally. It's a bit of a really good for you to get it all down. It's like mm-hmm. writing's always been my mojo injection. So I think a blog's. And I think with a blog, the more authentic you can be, the more of yourself that you can give more people will relate to it. Totally. Because although you might think it's a stupid thought, it, so many people, other people will be having it. You're, yeah. ne- you're not, <laughs> in the nicest way, you're not special. You're not the only person who's thinking that. Yeah. So many other people are. Yeah, because we've all got a mind. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. Um, tune. Uh, I think, <laughs> and, and when people write to you and go, oh, I felt that way too. You're like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. such a good, yeah, such a nice buzz to know that we can all help each other out by words. Yeah, exactly. In the right way. Exactly. Words are powerful. They're extremely powerful because I'm, I think I'm lucky in that I can, I can articulate what I'm feeling quite well, mm-hmm. especially when I write it down. And so therefore you can find that way out. But people don't, people who can't talk about their feelings, often it's because they don't know how to... To what words to use, how to get it out, and right. and I know previously when I've had to talk to people about something, uh-huh. um, a serious issue, I've written it down. I've had like a little speech beforehand, yeah. so I can organise my thoughts and I can articulate what I want to say, yeah. and not just kind of like you know get nervous and then 
your mind goes blank. Your mind goes blank, and that's partly anxiety. So we all have these levels mm. of anxiety within us, but it's knowing how to use that. Even last week when I was nervous going on the radio, I thought I'll just write down everything I want to say. So I've got the notes in front. That's a joy of radio. You can't do that on live TV. But, um, <laughs> a massive clipboard in front of your face. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's trying to be as planned as possible. And I, I guess for people like us who overshares or we we're used to you know communicating. Mm-hmm. It can be easy to take that for granted and it might be hard for some people to talk openly about stuff, but starting a conversation always helps. Oh, totally. Um, you were saying that you used to have a blog in 2004 about weight loss and diets and things have caught, come on a lot on social media now and there's this whole body positivity movement. How do you feel looking back at that person in 2004 who wrote all about weight loss? Has your attitude changed slightly? Yeah. My attitude has changed slightly in that at the time I had sort of very much made up my mind right, I've been overweight for most of my life and I really want to try and get a handle on it and this is it, I'm going to focus, I'm not going to do my usual lose 10 pounds and then put it all back on again, which had been the cycle for so many years. For so many people. Unbelievable, you know, you you feel great and you're like, this is it, nothing will stop me now, oh wait, hang on a minute, I've just totally fallen off the wagon and lost confidence yeah. um it's funny how it can happen so quickly oh unbelievable yeah. you know you, you're like <laughs> smugness comes to bite you because you're like i've done i've cracked it and then literally an hour later it's all going wrong yeah it's like where's the motivation gone i i was nailing it i was uh, i was in a size 10 like last month I was so focused and now the weight's coming back on and I feel miserable and uh, yeah it spirals I know it feels awful so I thought right I'm going to do this and I was really probably quite old-fashioned about it and it was not old-fashioned but I calorie counted so I was very regimented with what I was eating in terms of monitoring it mm-hmm. and probably wasn't doing it in the healthiest of it was was healthy like I was having regular meals but I was probably um not eating as much as I should at the right times and uh-huh. then you know saving calories for nonsense uh-huh. like sugary things and stuff um so so probably things have shifted in that respect you know um but in terms of how I approach things more kind of all-round healthiness now uh-huh. um but I think I'm still I think my mind is still quite the same in terms of um, what just that same sort of um, logical approach to things. Yeah. That's not changed. Um, But in terms of body image, I think I'm I'm quite lucky. I keep saying I'm quite lucky. I'm I'm quite a confident person. Mm -hmm. And I never have been too down on myself. Good. So while I've always thought don't like this about myself I'd like to change that compare myself I always kind of still believed in myself yeah. as a as a person do you think you're born that way or do you think it was the way you were raised or where does this come from definitely partly how I was raised mm-hmm. I'm very similar to my mum okay. um we're both quite um upfront people mm-hmm. um we don't hold back. We don't pull any punches. Although she tells me I need to keep my mouth shut more often. <laughs> but maybe that comes with the good grace of age. Um, um, and my parents have always been sort of like, yes, you can do it. Why wouldn't you? Um, but also very realistic. 
For example, when you know, I was growing up, I remember saying, oh yes, I want to be, uh, I want to work in a shop, I want to do this, you know, you've always got like a different thing every week that you want to be. Yeah. And I remember once I said to my mum, I can clearly remember, mum, I'm going to be a model. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty hot. <laughs> and she said, yeah, I think you should think of something else. Oh, and, and how does that impact your confidence? I was just like, what? Why? Like, I couldn't quite, like, I'm understand sad. what she was, why she would say that. Uh-huh. Um, but she was, she was right in that I wasn't going to be a model. And it, it would be unrealistic to say to a child, of course you can do that. Yes, you can reach, like, uh-huh. it, it, you have to temper your expectations and maybe she should have coached it slightly more gently than that but um yeah yeah. it's funny because i have a friend that said to me her mum once said you i don't think you should do x factor pretty much i think she's an amazing singer um but yeah it's funny how people see different things i think sometimes though people see things fair enough with a model maybe your mum looked and thought right one, you don't really want your daughter going into the modeling industry and eating cotton wool and all these stereotypes we hear mm. about. But, you know, sometimes words can cause limiting beliefs for people, right? So people are told, oh, you're rubbish with money. Oh, you couldn't yeah. do this, you couldn't do that. And actually it turns out that they can do certain things. Obviously modeling, as you say, is quite a, a tricky one. Or if someone really can sing okay, you're not going to go on. Um, Although X Factor, sometimes it's not always about the voice, it's about the personality, isn't it? So you don't really know. But um, yeah, I I find that quite an interesting thing, the the power of words. Mm -hmm. But you've had this kind of self-belief inside yourself. Because I I talk about this quite a lot, and it's looking back over the years when people would say awful things to me, some of it I would really take in a stride, like the things about my parents, I would kind of take it in a stride if someone said, oh, you're too slim. And then it was like, oh, hit the gym, you know, you get the hips and you get the um, puberty in different ages and things. I kind of took those comments in my stride most of the time thinking back, whereas all the research I've been doing over the past few years, some people have said that comment would give them an eating disorder. I speak to people that they've had an eating disorder based on one comment about how they look. So why do some words impact others more? Or are there certain words that are more likely to impact people? I find that interesting. That is very interesting. And I mean, I think if one comment has the power to to make you have an eating disorder, then surely that one, you can have one comment that would be positive to make you go and do something great. Mm-hmm. Like it's trying to focus on mm-hmm. on the good thing and yeah. the things that you know make you do good stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I find it. I I struggle to sometimes understand people who are so full of self doubt. Uh-huh. Like, why would you automatically go for the negative? It's very. I mean, because our, our brains are having researched this and spoken with psychologists. Mm-hmm. Our brains are wired to hone in on the danger so it goes back to the caveman mm. days our brains are wired so just say i go into amazon and i've got 35 star book reviews and i get one one star yeah. my brain is wired to focus on the one star but what i've managed to do with the whole mojo like getting my head around it is i've not 
I still get the negative thoughts coming in. Yeah. But I show them the front door before they breed. But what a lot of people do is they would have so they forget to buy. I say this in chapter ten with Iona, who I've done some work with. She's a hypnotherapist and you know battled with mental health most of her life. She would say, right, you forget to buy milk. You forget to buy milk and then you start to tell yourself I'm useless, I'm a rubbish mum, I'm a rubbish wife and this, the thoughts spiral mm. and it's a pattern that a lot of people from the research that I've done get into. So they focus on the negative yeah. rather than all of the positive. And I'm with you, I think over the years, I try and remember the really positive comments mm -hmm. that people have said. You're going to go and do this, you're going to do that, you, you are, you know, just compliments that yep. build you up. So would you say you try and focus on the positive things you've heard yeah and also just kind of like it's almost like a bit bloody minded uh -huh. sometimes so I get negative thoughts just like everybody else but instead of sort of thinking so you, you might be asked to do something and I'll like oh my god I don't think I can do this uh -huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up I'm gonna get into trouble uh -huh. and I'm gonna make a fool of myself I'm gonna let people down yeah. but then I sort of think right stop 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 right Think of all the other people who've gone before you yeah. who are possibly a bunch of idiots and they've managed to do it. Yes. Like if someone else has managed to do it, then why can't you do it? Exactly. That's what I always sort of think, like, hang on a minute. Other people have done it for years before. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, giving birth. That was one. You know, you're like, oh no, how am I going to do this? And I was like, wait, I can think of five people on my right hand that, that I'm shocked that they managed to do it. So if they can do it, why can't I do it? So can you, yeah. It's like, so it's kind of like, and almost like prove to yourself yeah right well, I'm going to test myself and at the end of the day if all you've done is try then that's a huge tick that's where we learn it's when we make mistakes mm -hmm. that's when we learn so try and try and try something doesn't work out well actually let's have a um, let's mix it up a bit and you know take, take that learning and, and put a twist on it and mm -hmm. that's when amazing things happen totally. what you've gone and done so your backgrounds in PR as well is you've launched your own PR company which is a massive challenge when you've got two young kids what gave you the confidence to bash on with that <sighs> well it kind of goes back to one of my earlier comments so I was working for an agency mm -hmm. and I knew what I was doing for the clients how much client facing I was doing how much control I had um, and I thought well I could just be doing this myself. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't need someone else above me to 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 effectively be making more money off me doing it. So, and I could do it myself, and I could have more control over the kind of work that I would do, the kind of clients that I want to work with. Yeah. Um. So, why don't I try? Amazing. So was was there a type of client that you really were drawn towards? Because I know myself from agency side some campaigns I was like oh, I love this mm -hmm. and in other campaigns you think oh yeah it's a bit flat or I don't morally agree with this and that's tricky yeah definitely um well I'm always drawn towards sort of lifestyle leisure clients mm -hmm. um but I enjoy the the beauty of working from an agency background is you can have to deal with whatever clients are thrown your way yeah. so while I love to do consumer stuff effectively where there is a thing that people can experience whether it is a, a tangible product or whether it's you know going to take part in a, a theatre show or something mm -hmm. um, 
I also enjoy doing like the business stuff as well because you learn about so many other different industries and you know there's always someone different to meet um, and then setting up on your own your your fussiness levels do have to be <laughs> somewhat tempered yeah. it's like right where's the work coming from yeah, so um, but that kind of that works so well because you meet people if you do a good job for them you get on well with them then they'll introduce you to someone similar so it kind of breeds a similar type of person that you could potentially meet Word of mouth is so powerful. Unbelievable. So powerful. And people will say things like, they're reliable, they'll turn up, they mm-hmm. think out the box, they're nice to work with. Definitely. If you're nice to work with. Definitely. Because I think in agency, a couple of times, um, there were a couple of clients that I found really abrasive mm-hmm. and um, masochistic, I would say. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I would, you're, you're, there's nothing you can do but you've got to do your best and work for them yeah. but if they've decided that they're not going to get on with you then it's a challenge it's a real challenge and it must be nice though to, to have that control so you could say no you could say no if they're being absolute yeah. assholes because that's your mental health as well as your you totally know, you've got to have the balance what's your wellness worth at the end of the day I remember being down in um, AXA meeting with AXA with an old uh, agency and Oh, one of the guys in the room was just so sexist. They wanted a male account manager. And I went down there, full guns blazing, but he just, just no, it, it, was, it was a lack of people mm-hmm. chemistry. And it's tough. It's tough because you are going to get the wolves in life that sting at you, and no matter what you do and how creative you are and nice you are, if your face doesn't fit or... Totally. You know... You could... You could turn down another person but they still would know it was you and they wouldn't take you on so yeah and people like that you just have to think right well don't don't waste any more energy over them because they're never going to be happy with you so it doesn't matter what you do exactly you know they may see you as a cheap lambrini i always like to use that uh, (laughs) champagne be the champagne (laughs) actually need to copyright my brother david originally wrote the champagne of the party line I think I gave him credit. Um, <laughs> but I just love that. It stuck with me. Be the champagne of the party at work, mm-hmm. at whatever you're doing, just whatever you're good at. But I think for you, because you enjoy PR, it was a natural progression for you. If you hadn't really liked the agency side of the work, you wouldn't have had the passion because to set up your own company takes a lot of passion, but also a sacrifice, like hard work paying for childcare, um, working at night, missing me in Chelsea shows, um, <laughs> having to find the time. For me, missing, I made a joke on the blog by the week, if it hadn't been for Scott's love going to Costco on a Saturday morning, I may not have written the book because he would take the kids to Costco, have their pizza, which I'm not that into. It's too deep pan for me. Um, he likes the deals. He can go and bash on. I'm missing a family morning, but I'm going to have you're going to have a company, I'm going to have, you know, in that case, it was the book and the podcast. If you've got a goal, it's, um, it's worth it if you're passionate about it and you believe in what you're doing. Definitely. And I think nothing is forever. Mm -hmm. So try it. Uh Does it work? Adapt it, change it. Yeah. You've not signed up to this till the day you die. Yes. If it's not working, try something different. Yeah. You know, and you've learned from it along the way. So oh. it's, uh, I love to plan. I mean, I love a plan. I love a plan. Oh, it makes me feel so happy. Oh, um, I love writing it all down. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Tick it off. Yeah, baby. 
<laughs> but also, if that plan halfway through turns to rat s h i t, then I also love right. How are we going to fix this? How are oh, we going to adapt? Yeah. Let's overcome. What's how are we going to make it? in a different direction but one that I'm equally happy with so plot twist yeah plot twist. exactly and that that's just life isn't it you're never going to get if it was plain sailing from the moment you plan to the end oh bore off oh how boring my brother actually said to me and he challenged me about you know any mistakes you've made in your life which I pretty much shared all of them <laughs> um, he said which one would you take away and he, he said I know the answer and I hope you're going to answer how it should go it should be nothing because our mistakes teach us the most yeah. um, and it could even be something like loads of people want to launch a podcast right freaking hard work I love this part chatting it's mm-hmm. the techie stuff and the editing and oh I hate it someone a message who's doing your production I was like eh, me <laughs> um, but you just got to make a start yeah. you just got to make a start and then you may decide you want your own radio show or you may decide you know you know let's do it <laughs> where, where could that possibly come from where could that come from let's do it um, and have a whole team doing it all for you so it could just be something like that or it could be you want to get into art people tell you you're a great drawer you put a few sketches together people want to buy them well why don't I set up my own company mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's amazing. I think it's really good. So what advice would you give? What are, in terms of PR, because I deal with PR people a lot. Some are great. Some are awful. Mm. There was a London company. I won't name them, that, but I know a few bloggers that I know that probably tune into this. agree with me. Yeah. They were, from the word go, we turned up for the project. It was so disorganised. I think people forget you have to respect bloggers they work hard oh, they're not totally. just bloggers they work their butts off if it's a good blog have a bit of respect PR teams that don't that's their reputation bloggers talk absolutely um, well that's why you've brought them in because they are spreading the word mm-hmm. so we'll do that about uh, the whole process yeah so I mean I've known some bad PR places what advice would you give What makes a good PR team in your eyes? A good PR team needs to be uh, organised. Yeah. So if you're not organised, if you don't have the information that's clear to the right people, to the right times, well, that's just never going to work, is it? Mm-hmm. You need to be creative. Yeah. So come up with the idea, mm-hmm. but also have the, the, the sort of, ideas to support that creativity so I always say on a photo shoot mm-hmm. make sure you've got props good props yeah. because somebody standing there is boring but if you bring in one prop it could totally change the dynamic if you've got something else that could bring it to life yeah. um, and be prepared to run about and borrow it off the person in the shop next to you yeah, um, yeah absolutely uh, good motto there so yeah be organised be creative and be I would say determined to see it through finish it off tie up the loose ends follow everything through be thorough mm-hmm. so to be thorough yeah you've got to just sort of make sure you've explored every option contacted the right people be measured and, and have planned it all out yeah and then um, because I, I know I've if I've been invited to a launch and I've really liked a product mm. the creative side is what I love so I would be like do I pitch this to the PR team I've got an idea for a vlog I want to do mm. and it's sort of like if I really like the product and I want to shout about it and then you go to the PR team you think this is really going to work this is great 
and you don't hear back, mm. what is that? Is it because the, they're looking for a set amount of following or the, your brand isn't on par or what sort of things do? Well, it can be a variety of factors. Number one, it might be budget okay. because they might that client might have been paying the peer agency, here's your set amount of money to do this. They've ticked it all off. Mm-hmm. So for them to have to implement something else would be more time. Um, it might be that yeah they just haven't they just don't see the results yeah. the client might not be that interested in online blog material yeah. they might be looking for a particular area uh-huh. um, but if they don't get back to you that's poor yeah. they should always give you some sort of response yeah. because even if it didn't work for that client then you just never know what might work might work for others down the line yeah I always I remember when I did a house stalker campaign for the property angel last year and uh, the reason I agreed to work was from an anxiety point of view it's one of the most stressful mm. times is moving house and I did this whole house stalker campaign and it had like 16,000 hits on Facebook within a few days it was just it worked but I had that feeling it was going to work you know when you just have this feeling that yeah. you've got to sort of pitch it I mean I didn't have to go through PR then because it was direct with the guy but you've got pitch it to PR I guess it's just making sure so if bloggers were going to pitch to you what would you be looking for? Um, just the same way that if I pitch to a journalist mm-hmm. you need to be really clear about what you're offering what is the idea mm-hmm. and how it's going to come to life yeah, how so to yeah how is this going to be executed are you going to need photography are you going to supply photography are you going to need interviews mm-hmm. what what content do you need them to deliver what are you going to deliver and uh-huh. um, when is it going to happen uh-huh. just be really clear um, about expectations yeah. and also if you're a blogger it's so helpful to include stats yeah so yeah. how many unique views have you got what's your reach yeah. do you have other social channels what are your follower numbers yeah. um, because the PR industry has developed so much in the past years uh-huh. and while online coverage can be so much more powerful and usually is uh-huh. so many clients there's nothing like seeing something in print yeah and even though that printed piece might only have a circulation of 30,000 mm-hmm. and the online piece has 130,000 they still value the, the printed piece more because they've got it it's in their hand it's tangible they can show it to their mum yeah in a way that it doesn't uh-huh. quite translate still uh-huh. online so yeah. although the figures are there in black and white uh-huh. people still love to see in print. Uh, in print so are you do you know stats off the top of your head for example da- daily records you know what they're oh i can't draw your print as well <laughs> well when i was working in agency and so much of your time was doing the um the sweaty work where you're like looking up i used to know all the circulation figures and all the phone numbers off the top of my head but i don't anymore but is it quite easy to access those Ah, well, for PR agencies, they normally have a database, which they've got a login for and it tells them all on that. But um, yeah, there's usually places online that you can just Google it and they'll come up. Yeah, because I wonder if you'd get um, diva clients and they wonder exactly what, how many hits and what. Well, normally if I send over to coverage to clients, I'm like, this is where it appeared, this is the reach, this is the circulation, Uh and I'll give them... And the full breakdown, because they they want to see what they're getting for their money, Exactly. And with PR, so would you see journalists, because there's a big debate about whether bloggers are the new journalists, but mm-hmm. would you see journalists still have the power right now, or it's a, 
synergistic approach and definitely both I mean you can't they go hand in hand one and with the other and I mean when stuff does appear in print it usually appears online as well anyway the same article um, for a publication um, and it depends on who your audience is so if you're talking to someone who's like an indie brand mm-hmm. if you get coverage on some bloggers and Facebook well not Facebook sorry Instagram that's much more important to them you know the younger generation that makes uh-huh. me sound really old when I say that <laughs> Um, indie brand, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they understand the power of social, whereas if it's someone who's a, a guy in his mid 40s who runs a traditional blue chip industry, mm-hmm. he's going to love. I'm totally generalising here, oh, but, yeah, but he, are... he's going to want to see a national bit of broadsheet coverage. Uh-huh. Do you have a favourite paper? No. <laughs> do you have a favourite magazine? I don't, you know, I actually don't read magazines very much, no. which is probably, like, if, if I've got a specific client that I want to get in a particular title, mm-hmm. I'll buy as much as I can of that uh-huh. market to read all about it. But find out what sort of pieces they're going to publish. Exactly, and sort of see the trends and make sure, you know, basically do, do my research. Yeah. So if I, want, if, I, if I phone up a journalist, then that's not like... Oh, we only ran that as a one-off. That was a special. No, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, when you look like an absolute tool. So yeah, I think the more research you can do in these things, the better. Mm, yeah, Be prepared. Totally. I think the mojo injections definitely get organised. Organisation works because there'll be a lot of people listening that are bloggers or they want they want more press. Um, there'll be PR people tuning in as well and it's just it's really interesting to hear um I spoke about this with Lindsay from the quiet resolution and she was on quite a few podcasts ago I had a great response from that one people say that was really interesting because people can take it personally mm-hmm. why they're not invited to a launch or why um their their companies aren't getting picked up in the press what a, a famous author I was chatting to last week she said to me it's a game the rejection game that is part of the game. You have to be rejected. Yep. You're going to get so many no's. Because I heard something that journalists get about 500 pitches a day. Oh, it's crazy. Really? And the, the way that the print media is set up now, they used to have much bigger teams mm-hmm. covering all title, one for each title, whereas now you've got a group of newspapers, there's one journalist that does lifestyle for all three titles. Wow. Um, so they're stretched so tightly, so they're getting so much information coming in that you know you really need to be targeted with what you're saying and make it worthwhile mm-hmm. um, and develop those relationships yeah but how do you develop them I guess is it networking events I think it's, a lot of my relationships are yield and I've had since you know early days mm-hmm. but it is just like offer to go out for coffee with them maybe they can't meet for coffee send them one of your client's products in the post just sort of build up that rapport but also journalists aren't just on email Uh or phone although phone is sometimes not the preferred method they're also on twitter they're on instagram Uh so tweet them absolutely send them a hi yeah yeah totally sometimes you know get into their dms that's another way to cut through same as anything else like how are you trying to get yourself noticed yeah it's interesting and i hear there's a lot of good journalists and a lot of bad ones what's your thoughts on that well, just mostly I would say, that, well, I'm very fortunate in that the ones that I've dealt with 
and do deal with are very good yeah. and they are experienced and they know exactly what they're looking for um, and if something's not right for them they'll come back to you and say no it's not right and then you know that's mm-hmm. fine that door's shut so I'm not going to waste any more energy trying to knock it down mm-hmm. um, there can be bad ones mm-hmm. and there can be sometimes it's just understanding the, what the paper's looking for mm-hmm. so they might be looking for something which is slightly more I don't want to use the word sensationalist, but they might want more of a, a, a meaty hook. Uh-huh. So depending on the content, they might come up a little bit or um, they might kind of dig for a slightly different angle. Uh-huh. Um, so then that's up to you to decide how that's going to play out. It was funny because you'd wrote, because it was Maria from the Daily Record mm-hmm. I dealt with last week, and I actually said on Insta stories, she was so professional she checked everything, she was in touch with me to make sure I was happy because it was a sensitive subject. Yeah. And um, the article was very positive in ways, you know, and she put a spin on it. And you'd message said, oh, Maria's great. So you obviously know the, the yeah. good ones. Definitely. And, you know, you've got that go-to sort of group of contacts. You're like, but I know this is what might work for them and I'll get their feedback. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's almost like, colleagues in a way that you know you kind of know who you can trust and who's gonna um, support you and also just like for bloggers PR people are trying to get good hits for their clients they're trying to get great coverage so if you go to them with an idea that makes them their client look good yeah. it's good for them because they can say yeah, I've just contacted this blogger and now uh, we came up with this idea yeah they can see it exactly like, so they can make it work for them as well so it. yeah it's, it's working together isn't it totally creativity mm-hmm. um, so another thing I love about you is your running your love of running and that helps with creativity I mean yeah. don't you think because you're obviously a really creative person well I laugh when you say that because I did have a boss once told me who told, now this has stuck with me here's a negative oh. comment I had a boss at an agency who told me I wasn't creative enough mm. and it bang it banged banged he constantly would bang on about it was he intimidated by a strong woman no because he worked with a lot of women mm-hmm. um, he was he was he was very creative but in a kind of like um, trailblazer entrepreneurial sort of way okay um, and I am not naturally a risk taker. Right, okay. So sometimes I would play it slightly safe. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, kind of, but this is what I know, and then I'm going to veer off a little bit. And I've got better at that as I've gotten older. Yeah. Um, but when you're younger and you're like, I don't want to get into trouble for doing, doing the wrong thing too much the wrong way. So I was told quite a lot in that job that I wasn't creative enough. And that really pissed me off. Probably giving you the drive to show actually I'll show you. But, I am creative. And also you can be creative, but there's so many different levels. That's his lens. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. His lens. Exactly. So it was kind of like also being wild and zany doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't so, work for every campaign. You need to adapt. Yeah, that really annoyed me. Um so I would say I'm I'm creative in that I like to come up with different ways of doing things and different ideas. Um not artistic which is something I quite often like to point out that artist, being artistic and being creative are two different things <laughs> I'm not artistic at all As I would agree I'm not art- if you see my handwriting the same <laughs> of these books my handwriting is horrendous <laughs> oh. Be a GP oh, no. um, so yeah I would definitely like to say I'm creative um, but it probably does have to I have to work at that slightly I would say yeah, but I think there's toolkits to get the creative juices flowing. 
And one of those, which I come back to time and time again, is running. If you mm. can't run, I would say to a brisk walk or just a yeah. walk if you have injuries or you know, you're know going through treatment at the moment. But if you're able, I mean, running, doesn't it just get things going? Well, yeah, I I was not, I am not a natural runner. No. I really, really had to work at it. Um, like to the point where it was like, right, I want to be able to run for five minutes without stopping. Mm-hmm. Build up from the most base level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always dreamed that I would be able to do it and not be like every step counting going, oh my God, that's another 10 seconds. Uh-huh. You know, and just kind of lose yourself in your thought. Oh, lose yourself in it. Oh. And then it clicks. Yes. When you get that level of fitness where you could just be running you know, 5k and then maybe it's 10k, but even a 5k is a good distance. Oh, perfect. Such a good distance. And to be able to lose yourself in that time, and as you say, like, I do like using for that for work because, like, right, what about that client? What do I want to do for them? How can I give them something else? Where's the idea? And, you know, you're not getting interrupted. You're not looking at your phone. You're not thinking about it into the dishwasher Mm -hmm. and you just have that time it's a bit like sometimes you lie in your bed at night and then they start thinking and you're like oh no I'm wide awake Uh but because you're not it's dark and you're not distracted with anything else Uh yeah yeah, you're right that's such a good time running to me and I said yesterday Bonnie ran her first 5k so proud of her if she hadn't planned to run the whole thing Scott was meant to meet us after the first k the first colour paint and he couldn't get down to us and so I was like, babe, you're just going to have to do this. She was like, all right, I don't know if I can. I was like, you can. Aww. So basically coached her the whole way around. And it was one of my best runs. And it was around my old university at Harry Watt. We should go for a run there sometime. Mm. Beautiful, like, trail. Lovely 5K loop. Um, but just, I see it as a really indulgent thing to do now. And people used to, like, the neighbours would say, we're in, like, a cul-de-sac. And it's neighbourhood watch. And everyone looks out. And they always see what's going on. And there's... Um, and people would say, oh, you're out running again. Oh, you're so good. And I was like, no, Scott's so good for having the kids. <laughs> I'm out for half an hour piece and quiet yeah. to clear my mind and get some book writing ideas and um, work on my creativity. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, really? I didn't think of it that way. Because I used to think of it that way. It was a chore. Um, I used to, when I worked in America, there was I was 18 at the time and I was living with these two girls from California gorgeous long blonde hair really toned and gleaming and they would say you want to come for a run and I was like no mm-hmm. what are you doing and now looking back you know if I could have said to my 18 year old self go that run look at that beautiful place you're living yeah you could be running along there having some chat getting fit boosting your metabolism mm-hmm. so you can eat more cake if you want to look at it in a calorie form um, but just having that headspace for your mind if you have to be assholes that'll make it a bit lighter totally you know it's such a good way of a bit of perspective mm-hmm. and I love to be outside mm-hmm. and exercise there's nothing like outside no matter what the weather mm-hmm. and just feeling that accomplishment that you've done it you know you've you've made yourself go out and you've taken in that fresh air yeah the sky something about oh, looking up at the sky makes you realize i don't know just being at one with nature and totally. so it can make your problems just seem so small when you're running underneath the sky mm-hmm. you know you're looking up i'm like that the swimming pool as well the outside pool either being outside in the water or um running somewhere i'm just in my elements yeah my, my 
perfect new time. I know. Well, you, to use that phrase self-indulgent, that's exactly because when uh, my eldest daughter was, it used to be in playgroup two mornings a week. So the baby and I would go running. Well, she <laughs> she wouldn't run. She was in the buggy and I ran. And I remember saying to Craig, my husband, oh, I feel a bit self-indulgent two mornings a week. I'll go for that run because by the time I drop Penelope off, we have our run with Zoe, come home, have a shower. I've only got like half an hour to tidy down before I go back to playgroup to pick Penelope up. It's a bit self-indulgent, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, and he was, no, no, go and do it. You know, it's making you happy. Um, and I sort of thought, yeah, it does feel, it does feel a bit like, oh, I've taken basically like two mornings a week just for me. Yeah. But it's so needed. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's easy to underestimate the impact that can have just oh. to make time mm-hmm. to... I, it's like it's almost like time to organise your thoughts in a way yeah like a metaphor almost might be like imagine your filing system and it's just piling up piling up piling up oh. whereas if you just organise your thoughts take that filing system two mornings a week just keep on top of it mm-hmm. then you're just more kind of like clear in what you're thinking such a nice such a good way to do it because um, I did a quiz when I was hosting an event at Sheraton and I said to this don't know, I don't know how many were in the room, loads and loads of people. Everyone put their hands up and it was a self-care quiz and mm. whoever had the least self-care got, there was a couple of manicures to give out. <laughs> and, um, oh, the things people would, like, put their hand down who's, you know, treated themselves to a good book or a bath or, or some me time for more than 10 minutes a day and just, we're a glutton for punishment because we take on so yeah. much that, it just feels like either we've no time to do it. Well, actually, maybe that will help speed things up. If you take that time out, maybe that idea, you won't be staring at your screen, you'll have a bit more to give to it. Or, I don't know, it just changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, because if you keep doing, I'm sure there's a famous quote, is it Einstein? If you keep doing the same thing, but expect a different outcome, uh-huh. why are you surprised? Yeah. You know, you need to try something different. And I think, you know, we're all so guilty of when even when you when you work for yourself when you work for anybody you sit at the desk you might nip out and get a sandwich and come back and you sit at your desk and eat that sandwich yeah. take the time to switch off and just put the tunes on just take a minute have a break and no one's going to like give you into trouble for it and you're not going to get brownie points for sitting at your desk eating your sandwich nobody cares yeah yeah, they don't. They really no. don't care, do they? Just enjoy. Um, don't be so hard on yourself. Totally. Sometimes the simple advice is the greatest. Mm-hmm. Go for that run. Take that time. Get your nails done. Do whatever you, you like. Because some people may be listening and going, oh, running, that's my day of hell. Try it. If it doesn't work, yoga's your thing. Or yeah. going for a walk or just having a bit of time away. So, I mean, the world we're living in now, it can be toxic, but there's a lot of great things happening. There's a lot of fresh voices and people talking authentically about how we can look after our mental health and our physical. And the two are connected, aren't they? They work hand in hand. Oh, undoubtedly. Is that right? Undoubtedly. (laughs) And the thing is, it's really been fascinating to hear you talk about goals. And it's a lot of people out there listening will be wanting to set up their own company. They'll be wanting to go on and do things perhaps they're really unhappy at work or they want to apply for a promotion or they want to I don't know just do things whatever it is you'll be you'll know 
as the listener right now, what's on in, going on in your head and where you want to take things and what goals or dreams you have, we really can do whatever we put our mind to. Totally. I think you try and just be positive and kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing to, th- if someone asks you to do something or if you ask it of yourself, the first thing to think is, right, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Yeah. Why, why would you go for the positive? Mm-hmm. Tell yourself you can do it. Yeah. Don't listen to the wasps and the people that tell you you aren't creative enough or yeah. stupid comments. People need to think, but I don't know. <laughs> trying to um, make noise about words and how they impact us it's tricky it's tricky because the more stressed people are the more likely they are to say things nasty things yeah and I mean I am ve- I know myself I'm I'm very I see straight talking which is maybe like a, a nice way of saying <laughs> I'm a bit harsh sometimes and I'm very I don't pull any punches and I know that it's easy to forget sometimes you can say something and you don't remember it, uh-huh. but the person on the yes. receiving end will hold on to it. Yeah. But sometimes, I've said things, people say, oh, Miss Positivity, kindness advocate and stuff, great. But sometimes if someone's been out of line, mm-hmm. I have really gone to town on them and hit, like I've written letters that I've stuck with people for years. But sometimes it has to be said. If, if you're pushed, sometimes you need to speak back. I guess it's just knowing when the words so something like that comment, oh, about someone being fat, like calling someone fat, that's not really anyone's place to say, unless the person asks for advice or, you know, negative words that mm. may really impact someone's mental health. I guess it's finding that balance between giving advice that you would want yourself and, and being true and being a good friend, because sometimes you know, the closest friends give us the best advice and they tell us things we don't want to hear. That's true. But that comes from a place of love. Mm -hmm. So it's listening and not taking it personally as well. But it's the balance. It's it's knowing what's acceptable and what's just cruel. That's, you know, people are going to be a certain way. Like telling someone they're not creative enough, that's, that's just unnecessary. Whereas he could have said, well, I would have done it this way. I understand why you maybe want to play it safe with this client, but, you know, could have worded it a different way mm-hmm. and at, at the end of the day that's still his opinion someone else is going to want to take the approach that you've put to the table so be the champagne <laughs> <laughs> oh well we've, uh, we've that's almost 50 minutes time just flies by I could wow. chat to you all day um, what's your favourite song and why oh god Joe, I've, I've really struggled with this <laughs> the hardest question of the day honestly like I all week I've been thinking about what am I going to say and I like I, there's so many songs that I love but I'm terrible at singing along to them oh uh, and we don't force people to sing either I can sing with you or we can just hum or you can sing all right let's go for a Bell and Sebastian song oh nice I love Bell and Sebastian I and love yeah yeah it really also uh epitomizes 1999 for me, <laughs> they were well, they won the Brit. Do you remember? Oh. But they won it illegally. Oh. Was it the Brit Award? Um, and because the, the computer system got hacked. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Boy with the Arab Strap album. Oh. Yeah. Oh, tune. Is that what? What tune you want? Let's to go for. We'll just go for Boy with the Arab Strap. Yeah, the title's that. track. That would be Love good. Love it. Let's do this. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You're a legend. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun. I loved it.
holds a long time. The odor of old prison food to go further get the words you buy. Yes! And you've been inside. Day upon day of this wandering gets you down. Nobody gives you a chance or a dollar in this old town. Hovering in silence from you is a giveaway. Please, we better go. And I compare notes with your older sister. I am a lazy kid. She is. Oh, I thought that all the time. She's as pure as the cold driven snow. What did you learn from your time in the solitary cell of your mind? There was noises, distraction from anything good And the old prison food Out of my life with the chaos of trouble Cause anything's better than past isolation I miss the bus Boy from the Arab stride Boy from the Arab Strike. Shit! We're trying to go to the pub, doesn't it? No. Long song. <laughs> Did you all the verses? <laughs> That's a long instrumental. They're really good, though. So, cheers. I love you. I love you for a minute. The way you are feeling, the crowds they're assembled, you ever have to gone too far. Very long instrumental. Simple, do you ever feel that you've gone too far? Gone too far. Everyone suffers in silence of burden. The man who drives many cats down in Old Compton, the Asian man, with his love hate affair with the racist clientele. Central location as a mother's a master She stagger about making free with her lord and her delicious I've never sung that lyric before We all know you're soft cause we've all seen you dancing We all know you're hard cause we saw you drinking From noon until noon again You're a boy with a filthy laugh Boy with the arrow strap. Let's go for the instrumental again. Certainly, they've pianoed it right up, which I quite like. Sounds a bit more painful.
people with suits from the shelter shop. Comic celebrity takes a back seat as the cigarette catches and sets off the smoke alarm. Make of the cool set in London. You're constantly updating your hit parade. Your ten biggest <laughs> Take a while. Some <laughs> bad could take a while. Some <laughs> 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 <laughs>